Shalom and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Elect Life Podcast Edition with Liz McGee. We hope you enjoy the journey as Liz takes you through her mystical insights from ancient Jewish writings. You'll find more info on the website at theelectlife.org. So go check it out and make sure you have oil in your lamp for the coming of Mashiach. And now your host, Liz McGee. days of the week. This is another one. Uh, you have, okay, and so this is important to flesh out because they're Hebraic. You know, we know that the months have different names now and the days of the week are different. So putting it back together in with its Hebrew words or its Hebrew days, Hebrew months, Hebrew cycles, this is all very important to, to understand, especially in Kabbalah in the process. When Moshe was made the pattern, when he made the tabernacle and he was told the pattern that's in heaven, these, what's in heaven? Is that on pin? The heavens and the earth. So when he made the menorah, when the menorah is like a physical, again, object lesson, it's, it's a manifestation of, of the sephirah. All 10 sephirah are in that menorah, again. And they, they knew this. See, this is theology that our, the priests, the scribes, the ancients, are, the people of Israel had, okay? So, uh, and I'm going to break that down. The menorah is very beautiful in understanding. There's a lot of other instruments. Let me go into, like, the whole temple. This is what's really exciting and important. Again, we know that the, the pattern of the temple and the tabernacle were made according to a pattern in the heavens. So what this is referring to is the tree of life, is the Kabbalistic understanding of how things are structured in Elohim's cosmos. So this the temple layout was, again, a complete object lesson of and how helping them to understand and especially then when you did ritual when you were doing something in the temple especially the priests there was a complete correspondence what they're doing and to the heavenly energies to move literally moving angels trying to or, or oh my gosh making atonement there were so many things that literally were going on all right you remember Israel went at its temple and it's, they really did function as priests for the nations all right so the one of these i'll just tell you uh, like okay so we take the um the brazen sea and you know if you know your temple um layout and what some of the things are called you, you know you obviously know the, the 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 holy of holies the ark of the covenant the two pillars you know, as you keep progressing in from the outer courtyard to the inner courtyard and you keep going through and get closer and closer, what you're doing is you're climbing the, the, the sephirothic ladder, getting all the way up to um, what they, uh, to the Holy of Holies, all right, to the highest connection. Now, the molten sea, it's called the brazen sea or the molten sea, and it was set upon these 12 um, oxen, all right? Well, come to find out that is that is a total picture of Melchut, the lower Sephirah, and it's telling you, and the sea, because one of the code words for Melchut, for the kingdom, is the sea, all right? Seas. So that whole cauldron or basin represented the sea, physicality, the whole world of Melchut, the kingdom, all right? 
And the 12 oxen represented the 12 tribes. So in other words, Shekinah. That's an, and then you're going to learn the word Shekinah. We're going to get into the divine feminine and how that relates. You know, the right have the right and the left, the male and the female. These are all parts. But uh, Shekinah is rests on this the sea on these 12 oxen, which represent the 12 tribes, all right, the 12 soul roots of all Israel. So they know exactly what they were portraying, all right? There's no mystery here. It's just when you lose the keys to the kingdom, which you lose what is being represented, which has been, you know, kind of sort of the history. Uh, another one here, that huge category of archetypes, of motifs, symbols, is foods and drinks. Again, relating to the sephirah. You have, over and over, we're, to we're told, you know what, wine, milk, oil, and honey. You know, there's some motifs that are over and over and over again. What are they referring to? They, they refer to certain sephirah, all right? So milk actually refers to hased, all right? You give babies, you know, milk. And milk... Has said comes right from being of the mother, and it's it's like the first, you know, the first thing we know about he, he is loving kindness, he is tender mercy, and they're new every morning. This separate this this ethical of 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 Elohim, which triumphs all trumps all of me, it's his mercy, his loving kindness. All right, there's no accident that milk you pair and babies. I mean, everybody deserves loving kindness and mercy. It's one of the ethical understandings you get when you get it. everyone deserves it all right that is that is Yahweh's starting point all right so um understanding all right understanding wine I mean wine as a drink is always re equated with understanding which is always equated with um like I said Bina and when you look at the charts and you'll see right under Bina is Gavera which is a, a uh, there's a huge, always a relationship going on, but understanding kind of flows right down into judgment. Once you understand a situation, you know, yeah, we will have mercy, but once he understands a situation or it's been judged or, you know, all the information about it is out and <laughs> the courts have been, you know, done their thing and a verdict is rendered, so to speak, a judgment. All right. So, then, then it gets executed by Gavera. It starts there. So these things are all very well thought through and understood. Um, another one is uh, the, the the like bread. I mean, some of them are very easy we get. So I don't know why people would ever want to resist this concept because we've already started down this road. You can't go back where we know Yeshua as written Torah. See, he is the bread of life, the, the manna representing the bread representing and that represents the 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 um the written torah tiferet okay and the oral torah is represented as hased so there's a huge relationship going on motif symbolism connection between again the sephirah and foods and drinks and the harvest all right so i put that under here because uh, that's why you have three harvests in Israel and there's different fruits, different things that have grown in different seasons, get harvested at different times, which relates to the, to the resurrection. See, in one way, they're so logical. They, they keep everything very well classified. All right. So 
let me, there's a couple more here. Now we're going to go to a big one. I said the two of the biggest um, torso, uh, is again, is the body, the human body relating to what is called the cosmic body. All right. Adam Cademan versus, you know, us individual. We know we're little tabernacles. All right. We're little vessels of, of what is, of Elohim, all right? So there's a complete correspondence between, this is what we're going to clean up, we're going to clear up, we're going to put in proper understanding of perspective, like this is where a lot of the new age and the chakras and a lot of this, this, you know, they're just, it's like they're dealing with lower level understandings, all right? But the organs of the body do, again, totally correspond to the Sephirothic tree of life. So it's pretty easy, even even the the mind, like the low, the highest three triad of the tree of life, Hokma, Bina, and um, Keter, Hokma, and Bina represent the mind. Actually, let's start here. The way it works in the body, Keter, and again, Keter is the crown. It's like, in other words, this is why you put a crown on the king. But the crown is actually not part of the body. It's a designation of authority. This is, and so when you talk about the high, the king of all Israel, the king, he's the crown. I mean, he's way up there at the top. And this is where you get this whole concept of Adam Cademan. I and mean, we'll break these down. But once you put the crown on the um, king, let's say, then you have, you know, and then it starts with two sides. It goes, starts to, of Hokmah and Bina, all right? And so you have what is in, in your brain, what we have, we have a right brain and a left brain. And they do function differently. I mean, this is what science is proving. Science is proving all this Kabbalistic theology. That's what's very exciting. So that's why, you know, again, mankind will be without excuse. Paul said, you, you're going to be without excuse because it's going to be proven to you. Science, the seculars are kind of doing their job without realizing it, of proving the truth of the Torah. So, so you have your left brain and your right brain. The heart, okay, is again, refers to this whole uh, separate relationship of Zer on pin, all right? And so the heart is in the middle of the torso. And this whole concept of the torso and the six of the Zer on pin is representing uh, the left hand and the right hand. So when it talks about Yahweh's right hand, there is a total Sephirothic equation, the equal. You know, the right hand equals, <laughs> has said, down. And, 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 that's like, and the right side, okay? The middle pillar represents very specifically, different. The middle pillar really does represent yod Hey vav Hey. All right, we'll get into all this. The left side, the left hand of Elohim. So you have, it's so broken down. So even in our arm, I think there's three joints. You have your shoulder, your elbow, and your hand. There's three joints in here. It corresponds totally to the sephirot. There's three sephirot you'll see on each side that go down. It's not an accident, all right? Parallels the human body. And then you have you to the two legs. This is, it's called Netzach and Hod. And, you know, lo and behold, the, in the Masroth, it's all the twins. All right? This is not an accident. Again, they're, 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 
They're two twins. They, they, they represent each other. Our two, our two legs. You know, you never go any place with just one leg, right? Unless you're lame, right? You have two legs and they work totally in tandem. All right. There's a total correspondence between us. And then you have, and the sexual organ, I will tell you, yes, so is so, I mean, we spent forever on understanding stuff really what's going on in Yesod because so much has gone on in Yesod. Even today, the battleground, you know, people are kind of, who are a little, saying, why is there such always a battleground? Why is sexuality always such a battleground? It's for a very good reason. It is a very powerful separate, all right? But there's two parts to a, and, and it refers to the man's sexual organ, but, well, basically on, on one level, and then women have um, a part of it too, all right? There's always this two sides. But um, in even in that section of the body, there is one part that gives and receives life, and there's another part that excretes waste. And yet they're bound together in the same kind of organ, organ system. That in itself is loaded with Kabbalistic understanding of what's going on, all right? Waste versus life. Okay, we'll just leave that one there for now. Then you have the feet in a body, right? We start with the crown, we start with, and then with the head, and we end up with a feet in a body, right? So the feet represent, you know, physicality. The feet always represent um, the lowest level represents the kingdom, Shekinah, where we are 99% of our time, we're down here. If you're in life, quote unquote, you know, between birth and death, you're in the world of Asiya, you're in physicality, all right? And this is why when you begin to see this, though, how the prophets would reference this Sephiroth and say things like it says in in um, Isaiah 52, 7, it would say, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach good news? Well, it says, how beautiful are them that preach good news? Um, in, in, and then it goes on in, in, the, in the New Testament, how beautiful are the feet? And there's a quote, and they're quoting, they're using this verse, relating it to the verse in Isaiah, the feet, physicality. Who's down here preaching the good news? People are, all right? That's what we're doing. We're down here. We represent the feet, all right, right now. Uh, when it talks about that heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool, that is talking about the throne of heaven. That's Zeron Pin. We're going to completely flush that out. And then earth, Malkut, is his footstool. So we have this whole idea. It, these things are not accidentally pairing up. It's extremely, like I said, it's all figured out. Listen, Christian, if, and, or whoever you are at the end of the age, Judah, Ephraimite, it's our job to reunify the whole house of Israel. We're supposed to put all the knowledge back in the house, all right, and um, clean it up, straighten it out, agree on, you know, together, begin to speak a pure language. The last one in the body, let me just say skin, all right? So then our whole body is covered with skin. Well, it relates, again, sephirithically, you'll understand when Adam fell, and he fell into physicality, and then Yahweh clothed him. And we're going to go into this whole concept of what it means to be clothed. There's a very, like, to put on garments. There's a lot of usages of, you know, putting on garments. You know, um, garments is a big word and big concept, and we're going to get there and flush that out more. But um, your skin, this is what he did, because even in a lot of those, um, 
you know, the apocryphal text, it'll talk about um, Adam was a, was a being of light. And then in physicality, he, he was clothed with, he was clothed with physicality, he was clothed with his skin. He kind of became a closed system. All right. Our skin is, uh, is what really all other beings, the one that makes, we're human. When you're clothed in skin, you're in physicality. Angels are ethereal. They don't have a skin, a physical covering over them per se. They're much more ethereal. Okay, there's huge concepts in this, a lot of science in this too, all right? So the last one is the tree, all right? And again, the tree of life, that's what it's called. Uh, and a tree is just a great, and this is why this motif, I even picked the motif, the tree of life, you know, as sort of the, um, what do you call it, your little icon for my branding for the elect life, the website and different things, because the tree is still, you can't beat it for a, um, a concrete visual of what's going on spiritually. And a tree will tell you there's visible and then there's invisible. You have its roots, its branches, the leaves, the fruit, the bark, all of these outward um, manifestations that identify it as a tree that what we can know and see on the physicality or and I wouldn't even say use the word physicality on the heavens and the earth okay so we know a lot of times and then this tree has roots invisible roots are the foundation of life and nourishment everything comes up from the roots uh, into life into this. So in a lot of ways, that's why you'll see sometimes an upside down tree only because the roots are, it's coming up. It's well, see, and actually it's a very, what is it? Symbiotic relationship. Let me say this quick, how deep this is. Cause there's all these processes that are, that are going on inside that are giving life to this tree and giving physicality to it. So it's starting with a seed that seed was planted. And again, this gets into the whole concept of the firstborn and how this whole thing starts to take shape, any in physicality. But if you read Genesis 1 really closely, Genesis 1, 2, you will find out that in the, in the story of creation, there were three things like were already there that, that were created, all right? And this is, we get, we'll talk about the different worlds. There's a world of Maria, a world of creation. But there were a couple things that were like already there, the text tells us, that didn't tell us where their origination was. There was water, there was... Um, breath spirit and it was earth and in earth and they became um they were tahu bahu and he began a process here this is where you get into uh, there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of stuff you can talk about in between genesis 1 and genesis 2 but for all intents and purposes trees it completely corresponds to uh water oxygen and minerals minerals are the elementals and we'll get into all this uh, the afar, the dust, the, the building blocks. There are certain things that make up life. They know this. You know, science breaks it down. There's carbon. There's, there's different elements that are in everything uh, in more different degrees, and that's making life. So, but that relates to water, oxygen, and minerals, which is what the tree roots are getting from, what the tree's getting from the roots by being planted in the earth by oxygen being it's in the air, it's having leaves and branches of breathing and getting water. So you have chokmah, again, what you really have here is a chokmah and a bina 
you know, the tree, the middle pillar. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's going to take flushing this all out to see how, but I want you to just sort of get the bigger picture, how deeply encoded and how much information, accurate, beautiful, uh, spiritual, and biblical information is in these texts. And I said, as the, as the theology that we're going to go into, stemming from the Zohar, this, like I said, there's two parts to this equation. I'm working on parts, just to do one quick summary. I'm working on what are known as the, in parts, the remez, the hints. So these are all things, the hints, just telling you there's a deeper relationship here. And it's always going back to the Sephirothic tree of life and the halakha. Because I told you before, a priest has to be able to teach on both levels. That's why Yeshua got really mad at the scribes and the Pharisees. He said, because look, at, you can teach him the law, I mean, you can teach him all sorts of extra kind of law stuff. But you can't teach the people the deeper knowledge. You've lost that so that you keep them from entering into the deeper understandings. Where really the beauty is, that's what's feeding our soul. All right. If you do a ritual and you don't, you're not connecting your soul to its deeper, its higher source, its higher correspondence. It, it's void. It's vain and void. And that's what the that's what you know Israel would get many times. All right. So this is absolutely. I believe if you're in this class, you are part of the the emerging priesthood of Elohim. So we're going to give him all the glory and all the thanks. And um, I just praise Elohim that. I'm here, you're here for such a time as this. So I will see you back again in class three. Shalom. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Maybe you have some questions or would like to share your thoughts. Liz would love to chat with you about it, so head on over to the website, theelectlife.org. That's one word, theelectlife.org. Or if you prefer, you can leave your comments on the Liz McGee YouTube channel. And if you're over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell so you won't miss out on anything new. Tune in next week as Liz brings out more on the mysteries that matter and more food for the soul. Thanks for tuning in. Shalom. Shalom.